Welcome back to another episode of Important Miscellaneous Talks. I am your host, Gosser Cross. We were changing the world one podcast at a time, and today we have a world-renowned author. I don't know how people keep saying yes to these interviews, man. I keep getting them all. God bless you. Please introduce yourself. Oh, so I'm Tamara Castello. I, I'm a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, and I write books, and I run a crew of 33, and I have two clinics in Portugal, and I have two kids and two dogs. <laughs> she's she being modest with her list because the list is far. Yeah, I am a bit. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like to say like ga, 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 ga. it's just too much for me. I, I get blushed. I cannot do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so she has far more to add to the list, but she she's keeping it. She's keeping it short for us. So yeah, you gotta love people like that. So what what made you interested in the field that you're currently in of healing without medicine? I think um, for me, it's it's medicine, <laughs> but it's not the medicine that that only treats your symptoms. Uh, I had I have two um, autoimmune diseases, and um, since I was very young, and I think normally disease will will go will make you go either way, or a good path or a bad path. And for me, I was lucky, I think. Um, and in that perspective, and from that point, I choose a medicine that is, that is uh, holistic in the in the way that looks at the human body. Um, because if I'm uncomfortable and if I feel I, I'm feeling pain, of course my mind is not okay because nobody wants to feel pain and, and discomfort. And um, I think that's the difference. When I'm I'm a very rational person, so when I took a decision. Um, I took a decision to, of course, practice medicine, but in a way that I can get all of the parts of my patients together, you know, only one part um, that makes more sense to me as a human being and as a person. Do you think there's an issue with modern day medicine? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's an issue for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's beautiful, the modern day medicine, I think. Uh, but you have to understand that that medicine is super young. Uh, when you compare it to, so you have three base medicines. You have the normal medicine of these days. You have the Ayurvedica medicine, and you have the traditional Chinese medicine, uh, medicine of course. Um, because the other techniques that you heard, you hear about, they are beautiful, but they are not medicines as a structure. Um, because Ayurvedica and uh, traditional Chinese medicine both have as normal medicine diagnosis based uh, everything together. It's not a technique which is different from all the techniques. Um, and um, for me, I think the problem with more modern day medicine is that everything is in boxes. So if you have a pain in your bowel, it's a box. If you have a problem with your head, like headaches, it's another box. You go to a neurologist. If you have a problem with your stomach, you go to a gastroenterologist. And this is a problem because normally if you are one person in one body, Normally it's connected. So this is the main problem. And people start to understand that the blood tests are normal and they are not feeling good. Uh, and they have to go to five di different doctors who don't don't speak with, an, with one another. So mm. it's crazy because you cannot fix like this. You cannot fix a person like this. You can fix, fix parts of symptoms of a person, but not the whole. And you can see that these days. People are completely, they are going crazy because if I have one thing, one doctor, one thing, another doctor, one thing, another doctor, so there's nobody who connects the dots. And this is a big, big problem. And a problem because you have an, a lot of uh, pills to take because each, each doctor will give you something for their type of problem. 
And you have to look at the big picture and to understand what's wrong with the patient. Because normally the symptoms are together. Because it's one body. So it's, I think it's common sense, actually. Um, and I think it's a big, big problem. Because it, people don't go to one doctor. They have to go to five different ones. And then you have a problem because there are not so many doctors. <laughs> mm. So if you don't find one doctor that treats you, you have to go to 30 places. And this takes time. You spend a lot of money and uh, you're you're not getting perfect. Of course, this is non-surgical problems. Of course, if you have to go to, to surgery, you go to surgery and that's that. But uh, imagine you have a migraine, an insomnia, a problem with your uh, blood. You have to go to somewhere to give you the, the, the so somebody to give you a look at your health. Like this function, this is not functioning well. Your liver is doing damage to your hormones. Your hormones are doing damage to your ovaries. Your ovaries, it's like a connection. Mm -hmm. That's the thing for me. So, the, one of the bigger issues with medicine is that it's not focusing on the overarching issues, focusing on all the minor issues, but not the one major issue. I think they are focused on symptoms. Uh, and symptoms are not diseases. Oh. So you're going to treat, uh, imagine, you're going to treat anxiety as a primary issue. You're not looking at the sleep. You're not looking at the food. You're not looking at uh, anything. So this is completely crazy, you know. So anxiety is an issue, a big, big issue. But normally it's a secondary issue due mm. to lack of sleep, due to stress life, due to the way you eat. If you have somebody who is really anxious and then you are in the appointment with her and you, you, you say, how many coffees do you drink a day? And they say five. I can give you, I can give you all the medicine you want, chemical, non-chemical. If you're drinking five coffees a day, that's that's, it's impossible to control your anxiety. So I think that's a problem. So do, do you, in those situations, what would you say is the, the issue that needs to be addressed there. I think the issue is that you have to look at your patient as a person, understand their habits, their way of living, and normally you will find the cause of the disease, if it's not genetical, of course. You have to find, because normally diseases come from habits. You know, cholesterol, high blood pressure, migraines, lack of sleep, this is habits. And you have to change them. Do do you think in in scenarios where because we we all we oftentimes hear about uh, things that are genetic diseases that are genetic things that you're more likely to get because they are genetic. Do you think that it's really genetics or it's just bad habits passed on to the next generation? It's the two things for sure. You you see when I I have a master's on oncology on integrative oncology and traditional Chinese medicine, so I see a lot of cancer. And uh, you can see in the cancer that normally you have 5 to 10% of genetic, like, pr probability. But the other 90% are habits. Mm. Environmental, stress, food. So your mm. habits normally normally can come from your mother, your father, your siblings, your, your family. Because the way you eat, the, the time you're going to bed is a family thing. And normally, families have normal. Uh, normally, the the problem. I see a lot of families because if you have a problem in your bowel, normally your sister has it. Normally, your 
one of your family members has it, but because normally you have a, 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 a problem that may be genetic, but the habit makes the genetic, genetics pops up because I have a lot of bad genetics <laughs> and I don't have the, all of the diseases of my family because I choose to look at it and I choose to treat it well in the way of eating, in the way of sleeping well and managing the anxiety and stress. And this is really important. You know, there are a lot of people, a lot of people who have uh, bad genetics, but they never develop diseases. Why? Mm. Habits. So, so having bad genetics is a contributing factor, but isn't the end all be all. Oh my God, no. You, because the, the, the genes are not all activated at once. You can get them activated. So normally when somebody has a terrible disease, you always ask what happens in the, what, what happened in the last two years? Normally you, because there's a moment who change something about your, your normal way of functioning that gives you uh, a disease mode normally. So you can activate or non-activate your genetics depends on your habits actually, and your hormones and a lot of other things. But make it simple got you if you if you could give the world one health tip what would you be what would it be sleep nine hours nine uh adults yes adult adults yeah nobody likes this one i know i'm sorry <laughs> i'm terrible yeah you need to sleep it's a problem. Mm. You have a lot of, of problems with sleep these days, and your body don't don't get it's not rested. What well, what you if... cannot you you cannot eliminate toxins from your body if you're sleeping seven hours a day. That's impossible. Not even eight. <laughs> if you're a man, eight will do. But if you're a woman, eight and a half to nine. That's perfect. Interesting. Well, why the difference there? Oh, because we are much more complicated in terms of hormones. Um, we have a lot of um, changing hormones and changing of um, um, activities in the in the adrenals, in the pituitary gland, a lot of glands in the thyroid, and um, actually they are connected with our with our bowel as well. So we need a little bit more sleep to put it all together. We have a different metabolism, a little bit more complicated than men. Why is sleep so important? Because you do everything in your sleep. You clean all your organs. You're cleaning your brain from toxicity. You're basically, it's like a shower to yourself. Mm. You're showering yourself, you know, like shh. And then you need time to clean them really well. For the next day, you are clean to go again. If you don't do that, you accumulate. You accumulate toxicity, and then you're tired, and then your hair is falling, and then your skin is like getting, uh, uh, it's aging, of course, and your bowels are not perfect, and your weight starts to increase a bit, because if you sleep less, you gain a little bit of weight, and uh, everything is beginning to get, it's not a disease, but you starting to get unbalanced and for women this is amazing to sleep and then you clean all of your body you wash your beautiful cells and then in the next day you can start over again and this is really really important if you don't sleep sometimes i say to my, I say to my patients if you're not going to sleep i will not treat you because this is stupid 
you know, I'm just cleaning and cleaning and cleaning and then you're not doing your part, which is sleep. Mm. It's not a big deal. It's just go to bed, man. You're yawning, go to bed. Respect it. And um, yeah. Wow. Nobody likes this one. I know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just more important about time management. I think that's probably the biggest issue there because no, it's not a big issue because when you sleep nine hours, your uh, your your day, it's completely different because you're really your brain works faster. <laughs> yeah, your brain works faster. You're more focused. You have more center in your mind. You get more creativity. You have a lot of studies that can give you that you learn faster like five times faster so you work better <laughs> so it's not a problem of time management it's a, it's a choice actually to suffer or not to suffer i sleep nine hours and i don't suffer and i run a big crew and i have two clinics and and i'm cool man so sleep what, what do you think is the biggest reason for sleep disorders the day sleep is always the it's like the paper the how do you say that the the copy of your day depends what you're doing with your day and then it will reflect reflect on your sleep so the main issue i think it's the people don't stop during the day they have not don't have enough pauses they don't eat well which is terrible for sleep terrible and they don't know how to be alone with themselves. That's another issue. Mm. Because sleep is a, there are two kinds of sleep. The sleep that you control your body, that you are an adult and you say to your body, okay, let's go to sleep. And then you, like a factory, you turn, turn off every light and then give, it, give yourself time to sleep. It's a process of relaxation. And you, know, you have the other sleep where you exhaust yourself until the hour of your sleep and then you just drop dead in your bed. And then five hours later or four hours you wake up because the factory has the lights on. So this is the two types of sleep. So I think this, the problem is that people don't respect sleep. Mm. The people often are yawning at 9.30 and they are going to bed at midnight, which is a violence. Because your body, your chemical body is, say, is saying to you when you're yawning, man, you have to go to bed. I'm tired. And you keep pushing it. And then when you push it, you actually push into your, your bloodstream adrenaline and cortisol, like coffee, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? So then you cannot sleep. You should be sleeping when you're yawning. Because if you're not sleeping, then your body is like, oh, it's not for sleeping. I need to wake up. So push, push, push. And it pushes onto your blood bloodstream a lot of things to keep you awake. And then when you want to go to sleep, your body, your, your blood is pumping all of those things that keeps you awake. What are you going to do? So first rule, you yawn, you go. It's, it's, you go. <laughs> no matter the time. Time is an invention, man. <laughs> You forget you, the time. You follow that rule. I follow that rule. I'm terrible. I'm. Re I. I. I actually. My daughters. I have two daughters. One thirteen and one eight year old. And now they they are they sleep really early like me. But when they were more more young, I would say to him, if you if you're not going to bed, mommy is going to sleep no matter what. So 
you want a story now or you no story because I'm going to bed and you're 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 staying in the living room alone because I'm going to bed. I cannot not go to bed, and I go to bed. And five minutes later, I'm sleeping. So, so and they, uh, they sleep. No, no, they they know. <laughs> they know when I'm yawning, they just move to the room. They know. Yeah. So you, so by the first yawn, you're like, okay, I'm going to bed. No, yeah, because it's when you're yawning, it's not during the afternoon. Of course, it's during the the night. When you're yawning and you're feeling the tiredness, it's your body that are producing melatonin to give you time to rest. Go to bed. You have to think of that as like buses. It's the buzz of sleeping. And you take the bus, and you go to bed, and you sleep perfect. If you take the bus three hours later, you're going to stop in every, every, every corner because the, the good bus is the first bus. The others are terrible. Not good buzzes to catch. So, so if you yawn at 7 p.m. Yeah, you go. And you go. You go. And then you you respect your body. When you're when you're done when you're done sleeping enough, normally it will adjust for like 9:30, quarter to 10, something like that. Normally is a normal time. Because normally if you're yawning at six at seven PM, you're really, really tired and you've been pushing so so it's too uh, how do you say this in English? It's like you're uh, pushing the rope in Portugal, you say that. You're pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and you're super, super tired. So allow yourself to rest, allow yourself to sleep, and then when you're rested, progressively you adjust your time to 9.30, quarter to 10, that's a good hour to be asleep. Are you very strict with your your children's health, like eating habits and- I am, I'm, I'm not strict actually in my house. They eat what I eat. So I don't do three times of, three types of food. I'm not like that. I'm not that kind of a mother, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm, I eat and they eat. It's this, they, they are used to since they were babies. So in my house, it's easier. My, my daughters don't like, you know, that I was in the, my, my eight-year-old had a party this Saturday. And uh, the, the food of the party was pizza. A lot of pizzas. And normally when I, they go to parties, I let them eat what they want. And uh, she called me because she has a phone. She called me and said, Mommy, I'm, I'm hungry. I said, you're in a party. Eat. It's pizza. I said okay. I had to go there and uh, to 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 give her food because she doesn't eat. She doesn't like it, and I allow it. But it's not. It's habits, you know. Nobody eats in my house, so it's too strong for her. She's not used to it, mm. you know. So I think it's. I think it's uh, instead of being strict. I think it's you have to. People will. Um, children will follow. Mm. So I think it's a matter of consistency and do it yourself, not just talk, which is important. <laughs> not to say them what to do, but to do it yourself. <clears throat> what is your book, Eating Without Guilt, about? It's, it's recipe about the, because I think people are too strict in the terms of, I will not eat carbs. I will only eat protein. I will, and I try to give them some good carbs, which they can eat. And um, they can feel good, and they are they can feel with good nutrition in their body, and uh, not saying that they are fat because of the carbs. 
Mm. Which is important. Normally, people are fed because of a lot of things, not only carbs. And you should eat carbs. Otherwise, you, you don't have energy. Carbs are important. Which kind of carbs are a different conversation, but um, you should eat. It's supposed to eat carbs. <laughs> it's part of your diet. should be, even if you're losing weight. It's important. Uh, you talk a lot about habits. and uh, Yeah, I talk. <laughs> you, you wrote a book about how important rituals are, the power of rituals. What is that book about? That's my last book, actually, and um, I think it's it's you know I was I I work a lot and I I read a lot and I was uh, reading something um, I don't know three years ago, and then I was was checking it for with a lot of people and with a lot of studies that you actually lose forty five percent of your waking time doing things that are habits. 45% and that strict me a lot because I, my, my time, it's, it's really, I, I use it. And um, 45% for me was like, come on, it's like half of the day. I'm losing, yeah, because it's showering, it's brushing teeth, it's putting the house together, it's, it's you're losing time. And I was, I think, how, how am I going to change this? Because it's a lot of time, and I want to take the advantage of the time because I work so much, and and the book come from there and come from from the problem of COVID actually because people were going crazy, and uh, and I we see a lot of patients and they were with a lot of anxiety and with a lot of chaos and the families and the kids at home and it was a mess here in in Europe, um, I think in the states the same, and um. And actually, the rituals and uh, it's like they connect you to something bigger, and they connect you to to yourself, and makes you uh, relax and distress. And uh, it's not like a woo woo thing. It's just taking time to appreciate your habits and um, put a focus on it. It's like just use the time and use it to make make yourself a goal for a month or make yourself a goal for your career or your way of being or exercise or whatever but you do it with your mind and you do it with your with yourself with, with focus using the time you already spent actually which is the most important thing what is the best way to start a ritual i think it's um normally i say to my patients you write uh, for one week all the habits that you find repeated like washing the dishes, brushing the teeth, the things you do every day, every single day. Then normally you choose three and then like brushing teeth, showering in the morning and uh, making my coffee. And in the tree, in each one of them, you, you have to give it a twist or a thought that you're going to repeat it when you're doing it, like an affirmation of something, something you want to feel, something you want to get, something that is your dream, whatever, whatever vibrates with you or resonates with you. And then when you're doing the thing that you do every day, you're just talking to yourself with your own mantra. It's just a way of connecting and give yourself and your brain a road to pursue, which is really important. And this lowers anxiety, lowers stress, lowers cortisol, improves sleep which is important, just to be connected to yourself for that period of time, repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly.
as big of a fan of habits and rituals that you are, can you please describe your daily routine? Oh, depends on the day because my days are a bit crazy. <laughs> but normally, the, the the ritual because I change them when I'm going to I fly to every other week. I have to fly to my other clinic. I go by plane, and uh, I hate planes. So that's that that two days I have different rituals <laughs> normally. <laughs> and when I'm I'm separated, so I don't have my children. So when I have my children, I have one kind of rituals, and when I don't, I have other. But I can tell you the ones that I did. I do every single day. So I do the morning word every day when I'm in the bed and I my alarm clock like ping ping ping. What time? Depends. Seven fifteen, a quarter to seven. Okay. Depends if I have to put them in school or not. Depends <laughs> on the day. Um, but normally quarter to seven, seven seven ish, like that. And um, when I wake up. Normally, I'm still at bed and I focus on my day and I think about a word of the day or something that I want to feel the whole day. If I have a difficult day, reunions or something, or if I have a beautiful day, and normally I focus in my word of the day. It's like a mantra for the day. So today I want to whatever, something. And it changed because the days change. So I change a lot. This is really an important ritual for me because my mindset gets focused and I get more... Um, acute in my work <laughs> my my way of doing things and um the other ritual do i stop every lunch hour for at least five minutes to do my breathings and to to allow myself to understand my body to see if i'm blo have blockage somewhere because i work a lot of course and i just stretch a bit for five minutes i do breathings and i normally listen to one or two musics to give myself back to myself because when you're starting to work, you accelerate and then I want to decelerate. And this is really beautiful. This this improves my sleep a lot. If I don't do this, I just go crazy when I'm at night because it gives it allows me in the middle of the day to lower all of the cortisol, lower all of the the anxiety, not bad anxiety, anxiety of working like pa 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 pa. And uh, the last ritual that I do every single day is when I'm brushing my teeth at night. Normally, I think about my goals for this year. And I'm just brushing the teeth and I'm thinking about the goals. Like, tick, 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 tick. I have a, a vision board. <laughs> Normally, I'm looking at it and I'm just brushing the teeth and I'm focusing on it. On these three every day. What do you think is the most important part of your uh, daily rituals? The sleep <laughs> but uh the most important part um i think that I, they are all important i cannot choose one because one helps me with the day one helps me with the sleep and the other helps me with my motivation mm. which for me are three pillars of my being it's important i run a crew and i'm the leader of them so i have to be sharp and, and connected which is so important these days and I see a lot of patients, so I have to be supportive. And for that, I have to be in my center. Otherwise, I go crazy. Yeah, that's a tough question to answer because it's hard to put anything over brushing your teeth, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think are some of the biggest reasons why we have stress and anxiety? Lack of connection. Between connection between what? 
you and you. Self-aware. You just don't know. It's not self-awareness. It's connection. It's like, what do I want to feel? How do I want to be? What are my goals? What makes me happy? What makes me vibrate? Normally, people don't know how to answer that question quickly. They have to think, which is super strange. Interesting. You don't know. It is. Because you're in your body, man. It's like. So you think a lot of stress and anxiety stems from just kind of just the tedious and monotonous things, just kind of just going through the day, just waking up, going to work, coming home. Yeah, yeah. because you, you know your brain needs something to pursue. Your cells need something to, they need pleasure. They need to feel alive. They need to feel connected to something. And they need to feel motivation and they need to feel the drive to do something. Mm. And if you're just crashing days one after the other, at some point, the anxiety will come because anxiety is your body telling you, this is not cool. I don't like to do this, to go to work and go to bed and go to work. I don't like to do this. I want something more. I need something to relax and to unplug and to laugh and to dance. I need something to take it, take off my steam. And um, I think a lot of anxiety comes from lack of connection, for sure. People don't know what they want to do. And I ask my patients with anxiety, normally a lot of questions, but they are simple. So how, how many hours do you sleep? How many stimulants do you take? What makes you happy? What makes you vibrate? And what do you want to feel in every day? And it takes a bit of time for them to understand. But normally they are not doing three out of five or five out of five. And if you're not doing and you're not treating yourself and your body and gives it pleasure and gives it time to rest and time to put everything together and do something that makes them proud and happy, like dancing or whatever you want to do, driving a bike, whatever. You don't, you have to find a space for happiness somewhere and connection and rest and good food. Otherwise you're just completely out of balance and it will show at any point with any kind of disease or symptom. Because it's impossible to live like that in a good health, in a good way. What do you think is the best way to combat that? Ritual. In action. Yeah, yeah, to understand what you want. I think that's the main thing. If you're not doing, normally I say to my patients, okay, you are really stressed, but you're running towards what? What's the goal? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. So you're just running like crazy? It's like a chicken. You're running towards what? When you get there, we'll be happy. You see the thing that makes you happy? They look at me. I said, you have to know these things. You're an adult. Mm. You know, you have to know what you're doing because sometimes I put myself over stress, but I always know, okay, I'm going to push a bit, but I want this. This is important to me. So, okay, I'm conscious. The problem is that when stress comes out of nothing, out of excess work, lack of pleasure, lack of sleeping, a lack of good nutrition, and you're going to kill yourself. 
and your body just warning is just warning you like oh no 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 take me out of here i don't like this and then you don't like the symptom mm. but the body don't it has to talk some somehow <laughs> it's like red alert and anxiety is a big red alert and problem is stress management is a big big alert because you have to have time to do anything and i work a lot but I have time for myself and to allow my body and my brain to relax and to be happy. Otherwise, how can I keep doing this for 30, 40 years? I cannot. I cannot. What, 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 keep, what keeps you motivated? What keeps you going? Because you've already accomplished a lot and it seems like there's no end in sight. <laughs> so... No, I'm terrible. <laughs> you sound like my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> What keeps you going? I'm going to, no, this year I'm going to stop. He looks at me and says, come on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I am kidding. Of course, I cannot. I think what keeps me motivated is to, I love my job. Mm. And I love my crew. And I love my, my specialists and doctors. And I love the work that we do because it really changes lives. And this for me, it's an honor, totally. And um, that's one part of it. So uh, I love it. For me, it's a, a hobby and a work. Um, and my motivation is people. They they get better, I get motivated. They get better, I get motivated to do better and to do better and to do better. And and every day I try to resolve problems, and it's it's they have difficult. Um, diseases and I have to find a way to connect them all and I think that's most motivates me because I can see in the other person the gratification of that and that is really beautiful for me I love it my final question no what do you want your legacy to be oh I don't know I think the um, a different kind of approach to medicine I think I would like that to understand that uh, health is not the absence of disease, but so much more. So much more. How would you define health? I think health is the absence of disease and the ability to feel happiness and pleasure and uh, the ability to feel included in the tribe or in a community. In a, a community. And uh, the ability of have the the family around you and uh, you're feeling whole the most of the time or most of the time that's beautiful we should write a Thank book you. on redefining health oh poor yes, well, yes. <laughs> maybe i will don't give me ideas i'm terrible good <laughs> It has been an absolute pleasure speaking to for you. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. You said you're in Portugal? Yeah, I'm in Lisbon today. Tomorrow I'll be in Porto, but today I'm in Lisbon. Got it. Well, you, if you want to come, you come. Amen. Beautiful I'm weather. I'm being there one day, and when I am, you'll be the first you to tell come. me. Yeah, you call me. We go to good restaurants and eat good yeah, food. Food very good over there. Yeah, good and fresh and beautiful. I love it. Thank you.